Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Lovely. Lovely jubbly. As with many guests on the Brown the Brave, I always say at the start, I wish we'd just started recording as soon as we'd But it's lovely, Chris Kaziak, to have you on the Brown the Brave in actual person. Thank you so much. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure being on this award winning podcast. Well, thanks very much. You're the first person to say that. You're the first person to be on the podcast since uh, we won the Scottish Influencer of the Year. Well, it's going to be downhill from now, obviously. I mean, I became aware of your wonderful photography a couple of years ago. Actually, I became aware of you a couple of years ago, but probably had seen many of your wonderful photographs and just not realised it was you Mm -hmm. and not making the connection. But just after a while, so obviously when people are on the podcast, I reach out to them afterwards and say, can you send me some images that I'm allowed to use? And can you also make sure that you you, you tell me who the photographer is mm-hmm. so I can credit them? Just after a while, it's like, <laughs> who is this? Is <laughs> yeah, with all the image, and the thing was, it was your imagery. Like every time somebody was sending me a cracking shot, it was yours. Oh. <laughs> and it's so true. Like it really is. Like, and you know, the eaves. Uh, Sean C. Kennedy, yep. um, obviously, just in recent times, I've worked with Horse. Jill. Uh, yeah, Jill Jackson, just so many people. And um, so, yeah, and then you kindly invited me to your recent exhibition. Yes, thank you so which, much for coming. Listen, it was an absolute joy. We had such a lovely evening. Did you? Oh, we loved oh, it. I'm so, so happy. Do you know what? I had, I had no expectations for that evening. I just wanted to see people that I want to see and for them to have a good time and... Um, yeah, I think it was really nice. I was it very, very happy. Was, it was, and it was just lovely to see your work displayed at that level as well. Like, you know, the images blown up at the size of them. It was, it was so impactful. It was a little bit surreal, I have to say. When when we did in the first install day, when the, the images started come up on the walls, I kind of had this weird kind of out of body feeling, like. Who took those? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I think it's me. And it also made me feel like, um, I think we often have this imposter syndrome in creative industries or in general, not only creative industries. So so kind of that almost made me feel, oh, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a legitimate photographer. <laughs> Useless, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is that, that imposter syndrome. Like it does come up. Anybody listening to this podcast, I think, not many of us, if any, escape it, um, especially in the creative industries. Yeah. Um, and we've already had a conversation in the car on the way here just about that, mm-hmm. you know, that moment where there's not maybe as much work coming in and there's just too much space to think. Yes. And I also think that because of, you know, photography and, and art in general is so subjective that, you know, I don't have a, you know, there's no formula that will say, well, two plus two will gives you four. So that's a good photograph, you know, because whatever. And also I've never studied photography, so I don't have a degree to say, to back me up. I was like, no, no, I am a photographer. Look, really look, 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 <laughs> I've got a paper to say. <laughs> so I think that's, I've gotten better over the years, kind of, I'm a little bit more calm about it. And, and cause I, it does feel like photography is such a natural thing for me to do. It's something that I've done for pretty much all my life so it, it yeah it doesn't doesn't usually you know spill into the imposter syndrome thing 
So you started taking photographs of your sister, your family. My family, and uh, there was a camera, and in, 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 in my my grand had a camera, and my my parents had this this like semi-automatic like point and shoot. My, my dad calls them idioten kameran. Um, okay. So I would just take pictures of you know flowers and dogs and my sister and my grand, and then those pictures would come from the lab because obviously it was analog days, okay. and I was like, oh, okay, pretty. I'll take some more. There was no really kind of any thought behind that. It was just like looking. I always liked looking at images and photography. I would cut out pictures from from magazines and stuff like that. And yeah. And what age were you at this point? Nine or ten or something okay. like that. Yeah. And then that camera got stolen. Um, and so my parents got me like I think for my fifteenth or sixteenth birthday like a secondhand SLR like a okay. like a Zenit eleven which is yeah. like built like a brick. <laughs> But but it's like it's not a point and shoot, so you have to actually know what to do. So I oh. went to like workshop classes to kind of learn how to use it and where I developed my film and my prints and stuff like that. So that's yeah. So, yeah. So by that point, you're like you are like you're hooked. You're taking it seriously enough to go and pursue a class. Yeah, but it was it's, it's funny. Kind of it never was um, with a thought of oh I'm gonna make a career out mm -hmm. of it or this is gonna be a job. Not at all. I was very you know I wanted to actually be a musician and I went to music school for a little while. Um, yeah, I know that. I think you mentioned that that night at the exhibition. I think it's part of your speech. You spoke about music. That's when you said. I don't know. I, I, I think I, I might have mentioned at some point. Yeah, so I went to music school and I, I, I wanted to do anything. I don't know, singer, songwriter, producer, arranger, you know, DJ, anything, you know. Um, and But I wanted to study English because I knew that English would be, you know, I would be able to make enough money to do other things, okay. a, you know. So photography was just another thing that I was doing. Um, this is when you were still living in Poland? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So you did go and study English? Yes. Sat in Poland or did you? In Poland. So both. So I, I, I finished a degree over there. I was teaching English as a second language. And uh, and then I... One of the reasons I wanted to learn English, because A, I wanted to understand what people were singing about, because I was obsessed with pop music as a child. But another thing was I, very early on as a child, I looked around and I realized that, yeah, you're not my peeps. I need to get out of here. Um. So I knew that English would be my ticket to to go and do something else, and it it was. So I found this weird course um, that ran simultaneously in Amsterdam, Glasgow, and Wolverhampton, and it was like an international degree in in English. So I started in Holland, and then I had a choice of either Wolverhampton and Glasgow. So I chose Glasgow, and here we are, twenty years later. <laughs> Saying twenty years—that's a long time to be here. Yeah. Um, I'm just so impressed at you. You know, you're kind of almost self-awareness at that time because that's obviously at a young age going yes I know what I need to do mm -hmm. like you're saying there wasn't that pathway of I'm going to become a photographer but there was this thought process of I do this which will lead to this which will give me that key into totally I don't know where it came from and I'm very grateful for that because you know growing up gay behind the iron curtain in a very very conservative and catholic country um you know, obviously we all got bullied at some point or whatever, but I, I I definitely never saw myself as a victim and I never, um, I had enough self-awareness to know that I needed to do certain things to get myself out of the situation and to go and make life for myself. Um, so I'm, I'm really kind of, when I sometimes sit and look and, you know, that me as a child, I don't know where I had the kind of tenacity and, and, and confidence to actually, you know, I feel like I was actually more confident in those days than I am now. <laughs> 
Yeah, that resonates. I can, yeah, I can kind of think about myself. I think I was much more confident a period in time mm-hmm. as a younger person now. Like, when I think back, I'm like, you did that, did you? Like, I've I, never done that. Now. But you know what? Sometimes I do wonder whether there was confidence or just bravado. <laughs> You know, that we sometimes put on because you kind of, I know for sure that I had to kind of build my kind of armor up and, Mm -hmm. you know, going to school every day was like, you know, I had to be ready for, you know, whatever was going to be thrown at me. So kind of you, you become this kind of slightly other person in many ways. Um, And it serves you for, for, for a while and serves a purpose. But then as an adult, that can be a hindrance as well, because it blocks you from actually accessing your emotions and yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's nice to have that armory that you need sometimes just to look yeah. after yourself. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about authenticity yeah. earlier on before we started recording. And yeah, what a lovely thing it is. What a brave thing it is to be vulnerable and be open, especially in spaces where you don't think that that's going to be welcomed. Like, because I'm saying to you, I feel like I'm very lucky in the mm-hmm. sense that, you know, I get to be in spaces where I'm very accepted yeah. and uh, people are very open minded, but other people in other ways of life and, um, yeah, you can become quite sheltered and quite kind of naive to what other people are having to deal with on a regular basis. You just wouldn't even know because they've got this armory on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Being reflective in this kind of scenario is really important. I think that's why I love sitting down with people because I'm like, oh yeah, just check yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you need that kind of thing, and it's lovely to hear that you recognise that in yourself and you sort out the steps to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Do you mean? And then I wonder, like, because you loved music so much. You're watching these pop stars living their best uh-huh. life, it seems, you know, and that expression. Surely then that was like a kind of like, I, they seem to be more authentically themselves, like they're expressing themselves. Is that well, a, an inspiration? Oh, oh, hugely. So, uh, probably one of the, the, the most pivotal movies I've ever seen was the, the documentary that Madonna did, um, Truth or Dare. Because mm-hmm. I was, I would have been, what, I don't know, 12 or something when I saw it. Okay. Um, so, and that was the first time I saw two men kiss. But more importantly, it was the first time I saw someone in position of power and authority, not only, you know, tolerating gay lifestyle, but celebrating it actively. And that was kind of, there was this, 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 there was, it, it felt so, so, people don't realize it nowadays, but it was felt so subversive then. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand a lot of that. I just was very much connected to it on a kind of visceral level. And it gave me this, you know, like, yes, you know, um, there's somebody out there that, um, because I, I couldn't even verbalize at that age that I was, you know, gay or or I just knew that it was different. And uh, and that kind of gave me hope that, uh, well, you know, there's people who accept that. And then and, and, uh, there was like almost like this. Yeah, that's what I took the bravado probably partly from as well. So looking back now, you know, having studied English and I'm personally interested in this because mm-hmm. I had a degree in English and then I you know, quote, what haven't used it as such, although mm-hmm. I think there's so many skills that you learn just oh, totally, studying anything. Um, do you regret that in any way, shape or form, not studying photography and going to study English? No, not at all, actually. Um, because it kind of, you know, everything, all the decision I've made brought me to where I am now and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, with where I am now, but, um, I don't know. I've always really, I genuinely loved English. I was very good at it. I, it came easy to me. I, I also find that, um, strangely enough, English feels more in sync with my personality than Polish does at this point. So I'm, I'm quite, a, I've got a quite a dry sense of humor and, and quite cheeky and, mm-hmm. um, 
it doesn't often translate very well, well in Polish. Ah, so, because actually, what I really wanted to do when I was studying English, my my idea was that I'll be an interpreter. Okay. Um, because it's you know it's it's exciting and you can you can make actually really good money. So that was my 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 plan that you can you know work little, earn enough, and have spare space for the being you know, for being a creative person. Um, but <laughs> I did a I did a job, a couple of jobs for there was a modern art gallery back home. Um, that I would work for whenever they had like an international international exhibition. I would um create, you know, compile a team of people from my uni. Okay. We would go and work throughout the week to help them, you know, um communicate with the with the artists. And then we would write grand opening on a Friday and there would be TV interviews, whatnot. I remember live interpreting on TV. Um and it was the most stressful thing I ever done. <laughs> I and I'm I'm not a person who gets easily stressed. I'm quite horizontal usually. Okay. But that I I'm sure I introduced new vocabulary to both languages. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, after that experience, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's for me. Okay. Having said that, also there you know people study to be an interpreter for years, you know. So but yeah, so but uh, so. I, I finished with a teaching degree and I did teaching for quite a while. Um, and what a skill to have. Like, you've got that for life. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody can take that from, you know, yeah. like, so you speak two languages. Or I speak a bit of Italian as well because I've got family in Italy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like one of those things. It's like, like wanting to play the piano. Like, there's loads of people kicking around going, I wish I'd learned another language. I wish I'd suck in school. Like, like it's just like such a skill for life, like, to be able to do that. It's it's it sort of, you know, because it's, I started learning English when I was, I think, six. Um, so it, I don't know, to me, it feels like so natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I dream in English uh, and I actually, you know, I speak. I find it so much easier to communicate in English than it is in Polish for me, uh, which is probably bad. Sometimes feel guilty about that. Um, but yeah. I guess it's you've been here for 20 years as well, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's, yeah, I'm sure if you were to go back to Poland for a prolonged period of time, it would just come, it's like that thing right in a right Yeah, effect, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so all the while, still photographing still very much yeah so that was that was you know it was it was a hobby it was a, a first money I ever made was actually taking pictures of like back home of girls in my classes who wanted to be models and you know so I would it would be money to cover the cost of film and printing yeah. and paper um and then when the when digital came in I kind of I lost a few years because I didn't know what to do with it and eventually when I um so I came to Glasgow I dropped out of uni halfway through you rebel, you. I mean, I just have. I ran out of money. A and B. I also realized I couldn't see myself teaching in five or ten or fifteen years. So, um, I actually, I, I, when I was a student, I started working in this coffee shop in Finiston, and which I ended up managing. And I actually really loved that job because it was the first time that I had a job that didn't require. I wanted to some bad, but responsibility yeah. out with working hours. Mm -hmm. Because before I was either tutoring or interpreting or translating, so there was stuff that occupied oh, space yeah. in your head, right? Yes. There, I was just opening. I love food anyway, so I would, you know, I would do the my shift. I would go home. I would be. I was very, very happy. Yeah. But that job led to actually eventually working as a graphic designer. Strangely enough, because why not? Talented human you. Well, uh, a guy who who was opening a. Um, a graphic design print shop in Finiston used to be a, a customer at the shop and he remembered me um, for having good 
customer skills apparently and he wanted to somebody to you know to to be at the front desk so he, yeah. he hired me for that and he sent me on graphic design courses and stuff like that and I was super super lucky and um that job gave me more financial stability I remember bought my first kind of cheap um DSLR digital SLR and I went on an evening class to kind of learn what to do with that and then that led to actually that led to the photography career because um Jill Jackson, for example, she was a client of ours. We did uh, like design for posters and um, EPs for her. And I remember that they kept using the same photos over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I was really friendly with uh, with with the girl who was doing an, um, like an assistant job for her at the time. So I emailed her one day thinking, oh, listen, you know, I'm an amateur photographer. Um, I had like a few things online on Flickr or whatever. So I sent the link to her. Why don't we do we should use you keep using the same images you know for me it's an experience if you don't like them you don't like them if you use them that's great no strings attached so yeah and those those images were used and then i worked with more of her and that led to work with you know a lot of other people and just one thing led to another and i left that job in 2014 i think wow yeah but it just shows you like the the kind of pathway that you end up down you know like that wasn't you know you didn't set out no, do that. not at, even but... even when I when I sent out that email that was and I was doing those you know extra jobs while being a, a designer, I never genuinely. My boss kept asking me, "You're gonna leave, aren't you?" And, you know, I was like, "Absolutely not," because I really love my job. I love my job. I work with friends. Um, I I, I was making decent money, and then it got to a point where because my my philosophy was that well, it's extra money. You know, you can do some get some extra gear, or you can go on holiday, and and I also have a freedom of choosing the projects I work on. So I don't have to do I don't know like pressure on it. four weddings a month to pay my bills. Yeah. And then the projects that were good or exciting to me kept popping up more and more and more, and I couldn't say I felt I couldn't say no to them. So I ended up working nonstop. Um, and after two years of that, I started getting nosebleeds. Really? And you know, I'm not. Again, I don't really get stressed easily, and my job wasn't stressful. Photography isn't stressful to me as well. Um, but obviously, I was just, you know, hammering. And that was that's only then I thought, well, you know, I've got money coming in every month from it already when I'm working, you know, two days a week and evenings, um, and something had to give. So yeah. And in terms of like the projects that were coming in, the, the stuff that makes your soul sing, was it predominantly working with musicians? Yes. Yeah. Mainly. Yeah. 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 And, had you sussed out at that point that's really where your kind of passion lay working with creatives i um i didn't know that at the time i think you ha- you really have to keep taking photos over and over and over again to realize what you really like doing mm-hmm. um and you know and then you know once you actually do it full time you sort of had to marry it with you know what's going to pay the bills but yeah at, at that point i was definitely there there the working with musicians was you know that was really exciting to me because i i love music um as i said i wanted to be a musician myself and i understand that environment and there's i think there's a shorthand that comes with it so that you know Jill's was the first live gig I ever photographed um wow. and but i also had i had so much freedom to learn there was no pressure um because yeah. you know I, I became friends with her and uh then obviously started working with horse and so we had this freedom of access to an artist that doesn't happen that often mm-hmm. um you know i can shoot whatever i want backstage front stage you know and we did so many great great jobs together um but those were definitely the ones that i found most exciting yeah yeah and do, do you have a preference in terms of that kind of ad hoc as it's happening in the moment photography or are you much more like, are you happier being in a space where you can curate, you know, if you're 
creating a, a concept for the, an artwork for them? I I, 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 like, I prefer to work in a kind of quite an organic way. Mm -hmm. So kind of even when um, when there is a clear concept, kind of there's always, the, the, I feel that there has to be room for improvisation because sometimes what you imagine in your head and you plan with, I don't know, whoever you have on your team, mm -hmm. once you get to the studio on the day or wherever you're shooting, and you start, you know, clicking, it's like, mm, it's just sometimes it isn't working and you have to kind of be open to um, moving on okay. because sometimes you can get really stuck on the idea. I've seen people do that, you know, you go, no, we agreed we're going to do this. And, you know, even though it's not working, it's not really, you know, you still kind of keep, you know. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm, I, I like that. I like also, I like the excitement of it and, and I like the, um, the organic feel of working that way. Mm. But I love shooting behind the scenes. I okay. really, really yeah. enjoy that as well. It's just... Because um, I find the most interesting stuff happens before people go on stage, whether it's soundcheck or rehearsals or, you know, uh, production meetings. I, I really, really enjoy that. And you just get to be that kind of fly on the wall yeah. almost kind of thing. Yeah. Are there particular points in your career, like places you have been or people that you've worked with that really stand out? You know, whether it's that you've learned something on a job that you're like, that was like so important or just like that was such a fun time. That's never, we're never going to recreate that. Um, I did this project a few years ago for um, Navigate the Blood. Ooh, it was Opera. Um, it was uh, it was a company called uh, Noise. Uh, I think it's New Opera in Scotland. I think so. They kind of they 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 try to because opera is seen as a very kind of elitist um, art form. So they try to commission contemporary operas. Um, there was one opera that was done in um, in Shetlandic dialect. And so th this particular one was, um, it happened in a whiskey, uh, uh, whiskey was a gin distillery? Ooh. I think whiskey distillery, sorry. And um, so I was involved in the, the, the whole thing toured whiskey distilleries in Scotland and they did the performances there. And um, so that I was involved from the very beginning from production meetings to I did a documentary about it and I did photography behind the scenes and shows as well. And that was that was one of those jobs where I just felt like I'm in the very right place and the right time. And it was lovely and working with the nice people as well, because um, it was it was a it was a weird collaboration between classical musicians and uh, folk musicians. Admiral Fallow were uh, co-writers on that. Nice one. And it was beautiful music as well. And it was Shuna, um, Shuna Sunstill, I think. I don't know if I'm sure I'm pronouncing her name right. And, and Jamie McDougall was in it. Okay. Um, initially, and I think there was there were a few other people um, involved. That's the thing about your job, I guess, that you end up in spaces with places that are like, how did I get here? One thing led to another, because we were saying again before we started recording, just that the people... Um, the creative industries in Scotland is quite a small mm -hmm. kind of, you know, family, if you like. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my experience has all been very, very positive and generally people are kind in the sense that if you do a good job, you know, you're a nice person to them, yep. they will recommend you and that'll be the same for you, I guess. Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, this is how I, ended up I, know, I didn't advertise my photography apart from that one, you know, email asking, you know, um, Jill's assistant to say, well, why don't we take photos? Because there were other clients, uh, uh, you know, that came through the print box, uh, the, the place I worked at. So Sean Kennedy was a client there as well. So so it was the same situation. Like he needed photography. I said, oh, I'll do some for you. So there was other people in other industries as well, in the food industries and um, sport industries. There was Stella Bartram, my photograph through the print box because she was a client there. Um, and I forgot what we guess we just, just the, it kind of like ended up in places and speak with people. You're just like I didn't expect that. Yes. but it's just a kind of organic, a bit like 
you moving from Poland to study English to then end up yeah, you know, know, what I, happens. I, I know it, it really feels like that and I, I feel that if you make, you know, it's. I think it's really silly to make a decision at the age of 18, say, you know, that you're going to study this or that, and this is going to be the end, you know, till the, you know, so I'm quite, you know, I never regretted dropping out of my course, mm -hmm. you know, it was very much like, you know, it didn't feel right for me at the time, and, you know, I'm going to do something else, and it's fine, you know, I think my parents were probably more upset about that than, than, <laughs> than I was. I kind of, I never, I was never rigid in my thinking yeah. that way, Um, and, and I'm glad that I didn't, because it's just, you know, your life takes you in so many different things, and also what what you're passionate about at 21 may not be what you're really into at 30 especially if that becomes your job as well because that's a very very different thing i'm sure you might must find so that true. too so true yeah and you're allowed and i think there is that still that kind of um what are you going to be when you grow up and <laughs> yeah. it's great if you know what you're going to do and you're dead passionate about it and you do it till the day you die <laughs> or the yeah. Day. yeah yeah I mean, that's great like yeah. if you've still got the passion for it and you know exactly but and you know Going back to what I said there, I didn't want to sound like I was saying you were passive and think all oh, these amazing things just happened. No, no, no. I, it's, it's you have that air about you that you are open. I am. Yeah, you I know? like people. I think in general, and I think that's kind of you know most of the, what I do is portraiture, and I think you you should really like people when you do portraiture. Yeah, and it's a really. I mean, getting your photograph taken is not everybody's favorite thing. Oh God, no. So you. Need I don't like having my photos taken. Well, <laughs> like people are. I even like when I think about that award ceremony the other week there, like mm -hmm. as soon as we walked in, it was a red carpet and they were like, So you need to wait in this queue to get your photograph taken? I was like, Oh no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's just and I'll sometimes say, like, oh, I hate getting my photograph taken for like I right. Because I have been photographed a lot as a dancer and yeah. blah, 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 but like I don't enjoy it. And it's always that, like, unless you're taking a selfie and you can go, right, that's okay, that's that's allowed yeah. on the internet. You've got control over it. So it is that say you need somebody who you like, especially if you're creating artwork for your album uh -huh. or tour or whatever you need somebody who in this space is going to listen to you you're going to make they're going to make you feel safe yeah your input is important but also they know what they're doing so they're like yes. trust me and that must be for you Jim. and you're like i've got an idea here can we just go wait and see what i also find that the people that i work with repeatedly and uh, the first shoot is always the trickiest one because mm -hmm. you sort of you know you 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 building up the trust and 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 um, and report with somebody but also once they have seen the results kind of they because sometimes it's difficult for people to, to translate what's happening on the day with what's going to come out of that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think once they see final images you know it's it's like all right okay you know because i'm very much about you know i'm not going to make you look stupid mm -hmm. i'm not going to make you look silly mm -hmm. um um I remember Jill, when I first did that shoot with Jill Jackson, she she really hated having her photos taken, which is also strange when you look like this and still so talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but she really she did not enjoy that at all. Um, and now she 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 can't wait to have a new photo shoot. So it's, so it's it's nice, it's lovely. Um, and I think that because I become become became friends with quite a few people that I worked with over the years it sometimes actually ends up informing the um the work the the video that I did with horse um yes uh, I mean like so I didn't know you did that as well and I wanted to go into that I didn't know you did the video with as well <laughs> so then when horse sent me the video because we were basically going to project yes it and yeah, yeah, start yeah. the night off with us such like an impactful video when she said that, I was like oh my god I love this thing she's like yeah Chris did that as well and I was like Shut the front door. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Did you like it? Oh, like the minute it starts, you just can't take your eyes off her. Glad, it's I'm glad that you say that. Thank you. It's such an amazing job. 
So is th- is that a relatively new thing? Are you always in the video? No, no, well? it's it's a relatively new thing in comparison to photography. Um, but there, I've been asked to do it for quite a while, and, and I keep saying no because I was worried that. You know, it seemed like such a weird, like a magical thing, almost like a medium. And so kind of I felt that um, I also was worried that because there is a certain style to my still photography, I wouldn't be able to replicate that in a moving image. Right. And I, kind of so I, I was worried about that. And then actually, strangely enough, I was doing a um, job for Horace and she was getting a music video done years back now. And uh, I was asked to do some photos while she was uh, filming and the boys who were doing it they asked me to help them with the setup okay. and that was the kind of like ah oh, okay it completely demystified it for me it was yes, like this is like, just this is no different this is no science. different this is no different from photography and then so I kind of then I, after that I did a few bits and bobs for 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 um, like my sister's salon um, just kind of as a, as a you know just just for fun just to see what I can do mm-hmm. and I did something for horse as well um and then actually a proper like a proper music video commission came from Caesar. Right. You know the the band with uh, JJ Gilmore and uh, and uh, Joe O'Donnelly. So they because I did I did I did photo shoot for them for the promo for the album and then they approached me and asked me to do the music video. And I almost said no because I was really scared and the the song was really long. I love the song. I love his reason. I still do. But it was like the 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 brief was we don't want to be in it. We oh. want it. We want to be. We want it to be black and white, and we want it to be weird. Right. <laughs> so, so I kind of I, why I appreciated the confidence they had in me um, that I could do it. I didn't feel I could, oh, but I did. Um, I ended up um, uh, working with Francis Thorburn, um, um, who's an amazing, amazing, amazing person and actress and a singer. And because I felt like, you know, it's a long song over five minutes. I can't just get a model to do it because that's you have to have somebody that holds your attention. Um, and she did a just absolutely amazing job. So that was like kind of like a breakthrough for me because, you know, I grew up, I'm a child of, you know, MTV. Yes, yes. And I grew up music being obsessed with music videos and watching music videos. It never occurred to me in my life ever that it would be something that I would ever do. So I do love that. But joining up to what I was saying earlier on about building up relationships, I wouldn't be able to do that kind of music video with Horace had we known not known each other very, very well. Okay, yeah. Because it, 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 I almost felt like it was almost a detriment because I felt that maybe I'm losing completely objectivity here because we're so close. And I was trying to show her in a way that she's never been seen before. And I was worried at times that oh god I hope people don't think it's silly you know she's running around with a sword and and and, and a chainmail and all that um so I was questioning that powerful is not silly I'm glad that you think so because beautiful and just so impactful the black and white like just the an image on the screen you know when she appears and like because I was like oh my your cheekbones your cheekbones for days like honestly just you know she's got such a iconic look like she was saying and then to view the, I think it was your suggestion yep. that she's sleek the hair. hair. Yep. And I was like, yes. We actually, we actually, we actually filmed it twice. So we filmed it twice, once with her usual kind of spiky hair and once with a sleek hair because she was, she was worried that, because this is her image, that's what she looks like. Um, and, and when I showed her the first cut, she was sitting in my office um, and she watched it and was like, um, play it again. <laughs> 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 um, she loved it, but I think I think it was just like you know, she is very vulnerable there, and and so so you know, uh, uh, 
it takes a while to get used to yourself saying that way on the screen. Um, yeah. That it needs somebody like you to say, let's just try this. You know, she obviously felt safe yeah. with you to, to go for that and, yes, and yes. take a decision. That Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And like for you, you're like, yeah, I'm trying to, because I guess like an artist, you do have your things that your fans go to and know you for, yeah. but then you're always trying to push well, the, the boundaries. My, my thought behind that, first of all, the, the track is very, very powerful and kind of, you know, it's not a subtle kind of lullaby. It h hits you <laughs> over the head and the message of it as well. So I thought, you know, also I think with, you know, acts like chorus, which I mean, you know, like legacy arcs yes. that have been for a while and there's a there's a nostalgia factor attached mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. Very often the stuff that's being done for them visually is really, I feel safe and sometimes kind of like a mumsy, you know, or, or and I wanted to do something for her that would feel contemporary and that would make people sit up and say, oh, that's horse. I've not seen that before. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. You nailed Good. the brief. You I'm very, it. very happy. I have to have to give a shout out to Michelle Watson, who was who was makeup artist and uh, and the stylist on the video. She 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 created the crowns, the custom made crowns that she's wearing it, and she helped with the wardrobe. She's an amazing, an amazing woman. It's, I mean, the whole thing's just totally badass. Thank you. Brilliant. I love it. Um, just so impressed. And like when she said, I was like. I don't think there's anything Chris can't do. Like, <laughs> other skills, you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing, but, you know, your state of control, I guess, is that difficult thing, but it's like handing over your baby because you're working with an artist, or you're working with anybody, I guess, or you know, you've got a brief for a show or whatever. You're being booked to purely do backstage shots or whatever, mm -hmm. but you'll be looking for the stuff that not everybody sees. Yes, well, ideally, yeah, yeah. I think it's booking for photography is a little bit easier, I think, because people go onto my website, they see what I've done, they want more of it. Video is a little bit more tricky um, mm. because you kind of, you have to, it's 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 a relatively new medium for me. So I'm still, I still, with every job that I do, I, I learn new things, uh, which is exciting. Yeah, that's important. But also kind of, it's sometimes, you know, I'm not, it's difficult to translate what you because I'm very instinctual. I do things very much by feeling, you know. And so, so you know, I, I sometimes when I, when I go from a video shoot, I, I I upload the images and I'm of the the footage, and I'm scared to look at it. You don't know identity. Almost, yeah. yeah. Oh, obviously, you know, there is a plan. Obviously, yeah. I know what we're, I know what we're doing. There's a list of shows that we need mm -hmm. to get, whatnot. But then, kind of, I almost don't know how I did it before. Yes. Like yeah. I don't, you know, it's like a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And then I start kind of putting these things together, and it starts. And at some point, it's just because I remember when I did that job for Caesar. Um, because I, I sat with all this footage. We did the shoot. Um, Michelle Watson was actually on that um, shoot as well. She did an amazing job with like custom-made masks. Mm. And I remember I have no idea how to do it. And I remember that the only way I can do it is the way I edit my photos, which is by instinct. Uh -huh. If it feels right, it's right. That's it. So yeah. no, no questioning of it. Um, so that's what I did. Mm. It took me a long time, but it kind of it, it felt good. And it and um, and they were happy with the final results. So yeah. So I guess you can, if you can argue your case as well, you're just like, this is why I think this one, do you know what I mean? Like, and then it's just being open to that dialogue. Like you, obviously you and Horace decided to shoot the two versions. Yes. And then you have like this conversation and then, you know, because sometimes it just takes for somebody else to see something in you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and just be like, either way, I think, you know, you just need that confidence. Also, sometimes clients, not 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 horrors at all, but sometimes clients have to be educated as well, um, because you know, um, it's not their realm. That's yeah, not exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're an expert somewhere else. And I kind of I, I find that more in commercial work where, until you show somebody that it can be done differently, they are mm. quite satisfied with what's already there sometimes.
you're like, here's here's what we can. Yeah. Here's where we can go if you're willing to, like, it's that bravery thing, isn't it? Uh-huh. Like, do you know what I mean? And it sounds like you're somebody who likes taking risks. That, you know, you, you've obviously established yourself. You know what you're good at, but you're still challenging yourself, uh-huh. which I think is so important as fucking artists. I, 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 <laughs> I wish I could take credit for this. It's just, it's, it's. <laughs> Those, it's one of those things that as a creative person, as a self-employed creative person, especially, you know, you say yes, and then you figure out how you do those things, right? Because, you know, I, I with the musicians that I work with closely, it's a little bit easier because I feel like, you know, there there is a, I, I am allowed to fail a little bit if I do, if that makes sense. Um, so, so it's, you know, it's, there's, there's like, it's a safe space for me as well as it is for them, you know, so. You I, nail it, like, every time. Yeah. Like, that, that's when you're playing it safe. Jim. Yeah. Like, it's the same with, like, choreography. I'll start something, I'm like, this is absolutely mint, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Because you will, I'll plan something and then you'll get in the space and for whatever reason, like mm-hmm. you just said, that's yep. just not going to cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not going to work. Absolutely. There's even any point trying that. Let's try this other thing. There was something, you know. There was a chair. There was a bit of wood. There was like a bit of paper. Somebody said something. Whatever it is, do you know what I mean? And you've just kind of got to experiment. And mm-hmm. sometimes they have to be your guinea pigs a wee bit. And you're like, just cut. I always say, come on the trust train. I'm like, just come on the trust. I trust train. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We might muck up. We'll muck up together. <laughs> and I think it's so important to like that. You know, as somebody who. I find it difficult to be brave. Like, I'm a wuss. Uh-huh. I think that's why I called this podcast The Drawing yeah. Brave, because I'm so inspired by people like yourself that just do stuff. And it's aspirational. But it's so, it's so funny, because I really don't see myself as a brave person at all. Uh, I, I know, I know, uh, maybe I'm, I don't give myself enough credit, because, you know, I most... Exhibition, this is all about you and your work, and, and obviously, you know, so it was women at COP26. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. An amazing project for you to be part of. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, I love it. She's very great and stuff, but, but essentially, like it's your amazing work blown up to these huge proportions on walls people can't see it awesome but that's so brave for you well to do, do you that. know what I, I had a, my first my first solo exhibition was in 2019 um and it was a I, I, first of all i didn't think i would be doing another one so soon but it was organized by somebody else obviously but that that, that first one i was really worried about because i you know, I've got a job that's I really enjoy, and I work with interesting people doing fun projects. Um, but it's a little bit under the radar, so I felt that while you splash your name out there and you you have it there in capitals, and you know, it it just it makes some people go fold their arms and go, who the hell does he think he is, kind of thing. And so I was really worried that that's that's what's going to happen, and then. And then it didn't, and it was fine, and it was lovely. Um. So and actually with this one I was very calm about. I wasn't worried about that at all. Uh, even though it was a, such a much bigger, bigger project and you know backed by City Council of Glasgow and so potentially much more you know exposed to potential criticism. Fair enough. Um, but I was just happy that it was what there. What to criticise, Jeremy? What is the You know, you're looking at it and you're like. This is amazing. Do you know, I know, I know that, but you know, I, I you know, I, I sometimes catch myself doing that with, you know, looking at what other people do. It's like, how the hell is he doing that? You know, I could be doing this. You know, I try to be mindful of that. It is, it is. And I and I, I try to be mindful of this and catching myself on that. But um again, part of it is, you know, we live in such a, you know, curated world where we put what we want on social media and kind of show, oh, you know, this do this jazz hand, you know, look at here, razzle dazzle. And but actually the reality might be quite quite different, you know. 
Oh, you, you were seeing in the car as well, just that moment, like if there's it's a quiet spell, like mm-hmm. well, I do the thing about money, even though I hate money and I've no interest in it, I'll, 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 my go-to is like, that's it, I'm just going to be destitute and I'm going to sell the house. <laughs> Whereas you were saying you start to like question your ability, oh, yeah. and your focus. Totally. It's just mad. It's, yeah, that, uh, when I'm working, I don't really question what i do i it's just i feel good about it i i and it's 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 such a strange it even spills to things like more kind of you know admin things like pricing you know i'm much more confident in you know what i charge for what i do um and then you know when i'm quieter kind of you know you always have quiet spells that just know what happens and and uh, that, that's for any any anybody who's self-employed i think that's true that it messes up with my head a little bit. So kind of I try to, I actually lockdown was obviously, I think for all of us was a bit of a wake up call in terms of, you know, how you construct your identity about around what you do. Cause it's, I think it's very difficult to in creative industry to dissociate who you are with what, you know, from what you do. So that was a big, big thing. So I kind of, I try to find things to do when I'm quieter, that kind of keeps me occupied. So actually what I sometimes do is just, you know, do projects for myself, do stuff like collaborations with people and do things for fun because I actually really love taking photos. Well, that's neat. The joy and passion hasn't fallen out of it because that's the danger as well. When you do something for a living, you're like, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's when you... I think that would be a really scary moment to realize you don't like the thing that you're. And it happens. To, I, it, it happens to some people. Um, and I, I found that actually that doing the the collaborative projects that are not necessarily you know about money. Just to preface, I think it's very important to get paid for what you do. But I also think that money is not the only currency. Mm. And I think that I really enjoy doing projects that are sometimes just pure collaboration when everybody puts in yeah you're not getting paid yeah yeah. i mean and i massively appreciate that and i you know and always say that in my messages to anybody that i'm asking to come on the podcast i'm like this is my hobby uh you know i would love to be able to pay you for time because i I value your time and your energy so much but uh you know at this moment in time i can't but it's so it's lovely when somebody comes back and goes i've got space for that and i'd like to you know, some people would like to, they just don't have the time and they mm. don't have the space. And I'm yeah. like, fair enough, do you yeah. mean? Um, but that's why I started this, because I needed a hobby. Something, and yeah, yeah. And offshoots have started happening that might lead to work. Yeah. But essentially the podcast is the podcast and mm-hmm. it'll always be what it is. And I and because I started to do that thing like, oh, you're not putting one out a week, like you've you've lost and I'm like I know it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. Do you know what I mean? But like so there's a danger there of making it work. Yes. Comments, but it's so important. Like this makes my soul sing to do this. Like I would do this all day long. Like sometimes I need to remember it doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> like five in a week. And I'm like, Lisa, I'll go and do some work. Um but you're right, it's so important to just regenerate that energy and that passion for what you do for I, I i love you know i love doing things that you know kind of remind me of the feeling i had as a teenager taking photos where mm-hmm. there was no pressure there was no you know i remember doing this shoot with horse actually uh, a few years back in um in saint cyrus beach up north love those pictures i know exactly what you're talking Thank about you. and it was one of those that i i i missed shooting film okay um and kind of I miss the simplicity of it and the the kind of also the discipline of it because with digital obviously you can snap happy as many as you want you know and with film you you have to be a bit more deliberate in those mm-hmm. days because simply because it costs money Come more than anything else also because you can't look at the back of your camera to see whether you like what you shot or not 
but because we are pals and and kind of we and we were going to go up um north anyway i just took heroes of film in my my analog camera and um and again that was that was just a pure collaboration and i loved that it. it was just it was it was the way i photographed my pals when i was a teenager just one camera me them and just walking about natural light um no assistance nothing um just having fun and i loved it i love those photos yeah they're beautiful i know exactly the ones you're talking about and you know is there a like in a for want of a better phrase mm-hmm. bucket list of projects whether they be passion projects for yourself or artists that you would like to work with do you have things that you know go i'm going to hopefully make that happen or are you just very much still what comes will come um I would like to do a bit more high-profile um, jobs and clients. Okay. Actually, one of the reasons I did my previous exhibition was because I thought I might try and get an agent on the back of that okay. um, photography so agent. Was focus for that exhibition? It was. It was like it was most like a almost like a retrospective, which is you know there were pictures that I took as a like in '96, but it, it, all, all the way up to 2019. Actually, the, the most recent photo was taken in July 2019. The exhibition was in September. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't big, it was like 25 images, it wasn't finished, and, um, but then the pandemic happened. So, um, yeah, it's something, st- purely because, you know, I think having an agent might possibly lead to being able to photograph people that I don't have access to otherwise. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that's something that I've been thinking of, and, but yeah, I don't... Music artists predominantly. Music artists, or you know, like uh, I don't know, I was watching this morning, uh, eating my porridge, an interview with Kate Blanchett, and I thought, oh, you're just such a tremendous person. I would love to photograph you. So you know, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sitting here going, well, that should obviously happen. Like that's a thing. Yes, exactly. Lisa, I come mean, on, give her a call. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I used to be really scared of saying things like that out loud because it just feels like such a such hubris, and you know, and um, again, the, the, you've got the. But yeah, but I don't really seem to work that way. If that makes sense. Look at that! It's beautiful. Like it needs to happen. Thank you. Yeah, and I think you know, my mum always used to say, "Thoughts become things," and and like I don't like to say that in a sense because like lots of people can't think their way out of mm-hmm. really terrible things. So. But in the sense of, you know, if you want something, put it out there, mm-hmm. like, be proud, like, don't hold yourself back. And so I think people, generally, my feeling is people are good mm-hmm. and they want yeah. the best for people. Yeah. Um. So but if they don't know you want something, then how are they going to help you? Exactly. You yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, or even like some people are into vision boards, like I was uh, interviewing somebody the other day there. He won't mind me saying, because he said it on the podcast, uh, Johnny Mack, and he was saying, it was his wife had said, let's make a vision board. And he'd put a picture of the King's Theatre on his, not really thinking about it. And then he's ended up, you know, playing at the King's every year at the panto and Whatever you believe in, whether mm-hmm. it's vision boards or manifesting or whatever you want to call it, I think yeah, sometimes you just need to go out and whim a wee bit and like be a bit brave, a bit gallows. Yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm not a shy person, you know, in in yeah. general. So kind of it's and it's not false modesty as well. I think it's no. partly because those things, you know, that the way my career has worked, mm-hmm. kind of it was very, very organic and and kind of and it's sort of happened you know i didn't sit and Fair think enough. oh you know i have to have a plan i'm gonna do this and five years i'm gonna be that you know i don't think in those terms nice. um i actually you know like i i would be paralyzed if i did you know because then that, that, that i think that creates unreasonable expectations and also creates this kind of rigidity which i mentioned before that yeah. you know because you're so focused on getting to that you might miss what's happening around you yeah 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 it's so true but 
you know, but there is something in going after a goal to an extent, but then if you want to veer off that not being like a like a failure. Uh-huh. I think for me as well, like when I I worry that people think, well, I don't worry, but it is a, a consideration which she up to now. You know, like sometimes I put the poetry out uh-huh. and I got I recently got my first job writing poetry, so it was not dance related at all. And I was just like, I feel as if I'm kidding on. You know, I'm playing at shops and it's that just that you know you've got lots of interest mm-hmm. like you're doing the video yeah, yeah, yeah. exceptionally tremendous at it <laughs> why would you not like if that's what you want to do but that wee voice whatever it is in the background going just get back in your box yeah no no absolutely and i do have that kind of you know i i was brought up in a very you know um don't stand out kind of way you know and don't question things and you know and all the teachers that i had growing up were kind of that was that was the form of education that was presented to us in those days that you know you you just you know um i remember i had this really awful teacher in um uh, was polish um and in high school uh-huh. and i loved polish as, as a subject i love i love reading i love writing i was obsessed with it I, and I was, you know, kind of, you know, she would dictate us the, like, you know, whatever we needed to learn, you know, to, to write down notebooks, but I would always go and read more about it. And because I was really interested in it. So when she would like, I would be asked to, you know, to be like answering questions for a grade, right. whatever, right. I would always like go on tangents because it really listened to that. And she hated that because I didn't, you know, I didn't, um, recite what she told us to, you know, and she would always like downgrade my marks always. And that's kind of so that gives you that was a very much kind of culture of where I'm from. Um, when I think you, you you get a bit of that in West of Scotland as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had very similar conversation at this table last week about that. I find it really striking. So when I when I went to study in, in Amsterdam, the thing that really really surprised me because you know the Dutch are so open and so kind of you know very straightforward, um, and a lot of the people in my 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 loop in my class were like very very actively questioning the teachers in a way that i was absolutely not accustomed to which i, and I found so so refreshing as well like, what's yeah, going yeah. On here? people are asking questions yeah and so th- that was very very refreshing and i think yeah. that's that's what education should be about yeah yeah I'm curious about the one with, like... but it does take it does take a bit to kind of untangle those things and to be you know to um fight against that conditioning a bit yeah i mean that's the thing like Childhood and it's, it's your kind of foundation, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's quite. I, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, obviously, but I'm sure psychologists would be able to delve into that. You know, like stuff that you just learn as a young person. Uh, of you're, course, you're a sponge, and that's when I work with young people. Like I'm so aware of that that you know, holding space for anybody, and you'll know it as a photographer. You know, when you are the the other people seem like under your command, or mm-hmm. they're like wait, you know, they're waiting for you to give the next instruction. That's such a, a gift, but it's like a responsibility to mm-hmm. hold space. And I always feel that, especially with young people, because we all remember the thing that one teacher said to us. Oh, God, yes. That yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. ruined your whole life. You know what I mean? And you're just like, words are powerful. I still, had, I still had dreams about high school, you know. Yeah. I mean, high school, actually, high school wasn't that... that... High school was traumatic only in terms of my teachers. My teachers were absolute <laughs> bastards. Uh-huh. Uh, primary school was more traumatic in terms of you know the the kids around me. But the uh, it was actually by the time I got to high school, also I learned that I you know there's certain things I had to do to survive, mm-hmm. and also I by that point I also knew that I would go and study English. So kind of I was relaxed about like I wasn't really worried. I I knew I'd never be excelled at maths or chemistry or science. That's just not my bag, you know. So I focused on the things that I knew I needed to excel at in order to get to the university to study mm-hmm. English, and I did. So 
And I think that's that's a really important message to anybody about just like following your passions and not going, well, you know, it's great to have to be able to be good at maths or Pythagoras' theorem or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like, if you can sit here and talk so passionately about the stuff that you've been able to do because you just follow the thing that you like, yeah. you know, and it, it's such a gift because I know so many who work jobs that it is, you know, it's a means to an end and their passion lies somebody else, their passions are family, yes. their passions, you know, yeah, their hobbies yeah, yeah. or whatever. Great, do you know what I mean? Like, but um, if you get to, we work a lot, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hours. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To work. So if you get to do something that you enjoy and, and learn it. Do you know, I, I know it sounds really from naive, but I can't understand why. I mean, I understand some people just see work as a means to an end, you know, and some people want to have a nice holiday twice a year. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. That's, that's, yeah. that's fine. But I, yeah, I, kind of I always try to whatever I did I always try something in it to enjoy yes. and if I did not I would move on fair enough um yeah it, that's whether it's working in a coffee yeah. shop or yeah, yeah, dining yeah, yeah. Yeah. or yeah. whatever it is yeah, yeah seek, like seek the joy kind yes. of thing um what are you working on just now that you can tell us about um there's a few things that I um I'm, I'm I'm in the middle of I'm editing quite a few things. There's a, some music videos um, that I can't really talk about. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Sorry, and uh, yeah, there's there's always something. There's like corporate work that's waiting to get edited and um, things like that. Um, I actually would love to do more uh, more music videos because um, I, I really enjoy that process. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to ask you what's mm-hmm. your most favorite photograph you've ever taken because that's maybe like picking your favorite child no it probably would be and also it, you know it changes it really really changes you know and they're, they're you know you go through phases and you, sometimes you know you, you look at your work and you think oh that's what's actually pretty good and sometimes you th- you look at something that you took i don't know five years ago that you thought that was the best thing ever and you look at it now it's like oh really you know, when I, I did a I did a blog a couple of years ago about my decade of working with Jill. Yes. And I um so I went through all those images and I was I was appalled by some of the treatment that I did to those very early ones. Uh, but you know, the beauty of digital is they can go back and you know and, and, and <laughs> redo it. It's a process. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, like you said, something that you liked, you know, X amount of years ago might just not be your jam. Now, and I think that's you grow and evolve as a person, and the artists and the people you've been working with will be doing the same. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah so for sure. Been, and it's lovely that you've been able to go on that journey with certain people. There'll be certain artists or certain people that you work with, and you're like, it's a one time thing, mm-hmm. but people like Horse and Jill Jackson, like, you know, you, there's like that kind of relationship. There. For sure, yeah, we're, we're, we're friends, and it's, mm-hmm. and I'm not using that word lightly, you know, um, and it's, and it's nice, and it's a, uh, that's a really strange, an unexpected byproduct of what I do because um, that's the last thing I would ever think that I would get out of what I do. Is actually, yeah. that that you know, because I think as an adult in general, it's quite more difficult to make friends because you know when you're younger, you've got more time and you spend you spend a lot of time with people, and that you know you you, you get conflicts and not conflicts, and that, but build that builds up the foundation of of, of a friendship that can yeah. last for a long time. It's a much trickier as an adult, but I think because of the nature of what I do, actually, because people are vulnerable mm-hmm. when they're being photographed, usually. And sometimes you end up spending a lot of time with, with with people, you know, whether it's meetings before the shoots or on the day and afterwards. You know, you build up a rapport. Um, and so I think that's kind of that's that's been a lovely, lovely 
side thing that happened yeah. to Marini. I mean, I can't imagine. I remember dealing with one of Chris Kesiak in their life. What? Chris, can I just think about with you? <laughs> and you haven't even heard my playlists yet, you know? Exactly. Told you I'm a frustrated DJ at heart yeah. yet. <laughs> Honestly, I love your work. Thank really you so do. much. I really do. Um, and I know whatever you do next is just going to be amazing and I'm excited to see where you go next. It's been an absolute joy being here because I, I've been following your podcast for a while and I keep, keep seeing these people that I like, oh, I know them. Oh, that's my pal. I've worked and with you them. And you thought it's I was like, just going through your... My Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this woman up to? Well, it wasn't, but it was a total happy accident. I'm so delighted because I just get, get getting sent these beautiful images and I was like... When are you booking your session then? Listen,いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。いつか。
were from Poland originally, uh-huh. and they took me to this restaurant, and it was lovely. Oh no, no, I like the food. It's just it's not you know uh, not something that I would you know like my gran would uh, make pierogi, which is like kind of like a dumpling kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, but it's like you make it by hand, oh, uh, you know, and it takes forever, and it's lovely. And I, I was trying to inspire my sister once to um, to cook, because I've got this philosophy that if you like food, you should probably like cooking. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be difficult, and okay. then you can start very, you know, clean. But mm-hmm. because she really likes Polish food, so she decided to make this traditional Polish di- dish called kartacza. Which is like a, it's basically like a, a minced meat, and it's kind of encased in this like potato dough kind of thing. And it, it's not fancy, yeah. but it, you know, that, that kind of cookie came from the days when women sat at home um, and had hours and hours to to do those things. Okay. So it's like, <laughs> I, I think I walked into the kitchen uh, <laughs> after four hours of my sister no. cooking with her crying over the, the pot <laughs> because it was all falling apart. <laughs> it's like, just just make spaghetti, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is turning out to something else, I'm afraid. <laughs> because it's like, it's it's a different kind of flour, and it's like, it's all this. And also your grannies have got these specific recipes for making those things, and it's like, ah. Oh. No, I see. No, so I, I don't have time for that. No, I'm not a fan of cooking. No, I do love cooking. Because I like everything to happen immediately. <laughs> because when it gets to the point of me cooking, I'm already starving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like, I get that. No, I, so Italian food probably is a shout, actually. Cause... Yeah, because it's, 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 I mean, there, there's, there are certain things that require time, and I do that when I when I have more time, and I enjoy it because I feel like the, the result is worth the effort. Great. Great. But you know, I can I can make a pasta in ten minutes. But photographers actually, I was interviewed uh, Tommy Gackenman. He's a very good cook. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in his creations. Are, yeah, I know. Oh, that looks amazing. It's like pure cuisine. Yeah, I don't I don't make anything that looks this fancy. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> 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 That's the main thing. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> Here's one one story that someone could be anybody tells about you time and time again that you can recall? My granny used to tell this story, the granny talked about at the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, my granny used to tell the story of uh, how um, I would tell her that one day as a child, like four or five year old, that one day I will come back from Italy driving a Ferrari and I will take her for a spin. <laughs> Which is really strange because I have no interest in cars whatsoever. It's a Ferrari. That's what I said when I was yeah, like, was a five year old. I remember that very because she 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 always retold that story and she would would always laugh. <laughs> That's a nice story. I like that one. <laughs> and I'm I'm very sad that this is over. Oh. I've enjoyed it immensely. But um, likewise, because it's called the Broad and the Brave, and I do like language. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite Scots word or phrase? I would probably have to say numpty. Yes. It's just, it's such a, I don't know, this such sumptuousness to this word. But actually, I, I laugh a lot and with my partner who's Scottish and he's from Kilsyth. Yes. And they have a very specific way of pronouncing a lot of words, which I found just wonderful. So like, candle is a connell. That's right. That's and the uh, uh, canal is a canal. So you always laugh about, you know, bringing, bringing connels to the canal uh, and, and it's getting dork as well. Uh, dork. Yeah, I love these things. That's so interesting. It's so funny. Like just up the road, uh-huh. someone can say something completely different, yeah. have a completely different word. Which well, I, I find Italy fascinating in that respect, because obviously they're quite, it's quite a young country geo- geopolitically speaking. So each region has still very unique cuisine and, and dialects. And so my uncle is from Bergamo, which is up north. Right. So their dialect is almost kind of Germanic sounding. Oh, 
So he said that if he spoke his dialect, like the, the Bergamasco, to somebody from Naples who was talking in the Neapolitan you know, dialect, they would not be able to understand each other. That's crazy, isn't it? That's I, the I find it really interesting, yeah. Language, and you'll know more than most because obviously you have got three languages in your repertoire, do you know what I mean? Like to understand the ins and outs of language. And then I mean, you've got more than three, you've got four because you've got Scots as well. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, this has been a joy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're a star. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.